My mom was an immigrant. I'm a first generation kid. So just Mm -hmm. hearing the things that she didn't know existed, the help that she didn't get, I think prompted me to be the person that is able to help people, to let them know what services are out there, to let them know what they're entitled to, to let them know what their children are entitled to. You're listening to an American Red Cross in Greater New York podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Michael DeVolpier, communications officer with the American Red Cross in Greater New York. For the past several months through this podcast, we've been looking at some of the different ways that COVID-19 has impacted the communities we serve and how the Red Cross has been forced to adapt. Since last March, despite the loss and anxiety brought on by the pandemic, there have been moments of hope, like the outpouring of interest from residents seeking out new ways to give back to their communities. One of those individuals is Vanessa Diaz. She's a full-time student pursuing her master's degree in public administration and emergency management, and she's a full-time social worker helping immigrant youth in New York City. She's a remarkable young woman who, despite a really busy schedule, has made it a priority in her life to serve through the Red Cross. She joined the Red Cross as a volunteer recently and just graduated from our Disaster Action Team Academy, a specialized training program for our volunteer leaders. In our conversation, we talked about her passion for helping others and her work with the Red Cross providing emergency assistance to individuals affected by disasters during the pandemic. Vanessa, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I know you're really busy. Absolutely, no worries. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? I have pretty much lived in Yonkers for the majority of my life. Uh Uh, I'm in the very southern part of Yonkers, pretty much on the borderline of Riverdale. So it actually is much easier for me to go into the city than it is to go up to Westchester. I graduated from City College uh, in 2011. I've been working in the city. I've worked in Harlem. Currently, I'm down by the financial district. Now, what did you study in your undergrad? For undergrad, I was a bit of an overachiever. So I got my degree in psychology, sociology, and philosophy. Have you had a lot of jobs in service? All of my jobs. Well, I would say it's my career. All of my my entire career has been in service. I graduated in June. I started working in August. So it's since... August of 2011, it my life has been dedicated to service. Even before then, when I was an undergrad, I was doing, you know, uh, several. I did a couple of internships where I was working with mentally ill populations and where I was working with minors, just assisting the clinicians at City College. So I've always kind of leaned that way. It wasn't necessarily something that I planned on. It's just something that felt very natural to me that I'm I'm here to help. I'm here to assist. That's my personality type. I'm a fixer. Uh-huh. So I it tell. definitely played into that where it's, okay, there's a problem. How can we fix that? How can I facilitate this? So where do you think this desire to help comes from? The need for me to help others comes just simply family experiences from my mom in particular. She had a very rough life, but still managed to help everyone around her with no no matter what it was that they needed, even if it was something small. My mom was the kind of person that would, God had rest her soul, give you the shirt off of her back, will feed you, will not allow you to 
go without, essentially. I've had many friends who sought refuge at my house just because they knew they could. My mom was an immigrant. I'm a first-generation kid. So just Mm -hmm. hearing the things that she didn't know existed, hearing the things, the help that she didn't get, I think prompted me to be the person that is able to help people, to let them know what services are out there, to let them know what they're entitled to, to let them know what their children are entitled to. So in the middle of the pandemic, you decided to volunteer with the Red Cross. Yes. So where did did that come from? Obviously, Uh, it's a perfect connection between your service and then your 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 studies in emergency management. But kind of talk talk me through what what led you here. This may sound kind of crazy, but I felt like I did so much like during my day job. When things are normal, things are always crazy. You're running around, you're running here, you're running around. There's there's never time to breathe. And I truly do enjoy that kind of stress. I I don't know why, but I do enjoy the pressure of we have to do this, we have to do that, we have to get this done. And because at the end of the day, I have the understanding of what that is, which is serving people. There's this much stress because we have to get this done so that this other person can flourish. It's not just about surviving. It's about flourishing. So we want them to have this. And I felt like ever since COVID hit and we haven't been out in the field as much and we haven't, it almost felt like I wasn't helping enough, Uh which is my own personal thing. But I felt like I just wasn't doing enough for the community. I wasn't doing enough for my people. Like I just wasn't doing enough and I needed to do more. I I felt like I had all of this time working from home and I wasn't using it productively. Yes. I work full time. You're already a busy person. That's pretty remarkable. But it just didn't feel like, I was, it was there. It just wasn't enough. So I started looking for volunteer opportunities in particular with emergency management, because Mm -hmm. that's, I was like, this is what my degree is. I really want to get out in the field and I just want to help the people that need help. So you, you just graduated through the disaster action team Academy. Congratulations. Thank you. you. How, how did the training go? And you were just maybe talk about the, the training and the mentorship and maybe some of the experiences that you had early on. The trainings were great. Uh, a lot of the online trainings were really simple for you to get through, really informative. They even provided you ways to practice, which is not something that I'm accustomed to with online trainings, but it was, I thought that was great. Um, for me, by far, the best experiences have been doing shadow shifts and working with, you know, the more tenured volunteers or leadership. So you're, you're volunteering with the Red Cross in the middle of the pandemic, helping people impacted by disasters. Has the pandemic come up in your interactions with people who've um, lost their homes to fires um, or other disasters? It is a concern. It is something that I've heard. We get questions, at least I've gotten questions about the safety of where it is that they'll be staying for the evening or just a lot of times them, you know, when you're on a call with someone, they're very likely looking at the fire. (laughs) They're very, they're standing there just Mm -hmm. in awe of what is happening right now. No idea. So a lot of times I'll get the call. It is mentioned. Well, they'll say, like, what am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Where am I supposed to stay? What am I supposed to do? This is where I was. So you do hear the concern of where am I going to go 
and mm-hmm. what am I going to do during this pandemic? Especially because a lot of our clients, let's say they would have gone and stayed with family members, they may not be able to do that now yeah. because of the pandemic. So it does bring up a lot of serious concerns. So as someone who helps vulnerable communities and who's made helping vulnerable communities a priority in your life, what does it mean to help disaster victims? Absolutely. I think that's another reason why I'm so proud to say that I volunteer with the Red Cross, because at the end of the day, when you really look at the span of everything that's happened over the last year and a half, probably going to go on to two years. Mm-hmm. Um, it really puts a lot of things into perspective. All of the loss we've seen, all of the movements that we've seen come from the loss and just the institutional issues that we have to get through. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, for people like me who get their happiness from helping others, it's it's unfortunate when you have to look at the let's say you always look at the media and it feels like no one's getting help. Mm-hmm. It feels like everything is going wrong around. Even those that are helping are so burnt out to the point where they don't know what to do. So just being able to get on a call and it may be in the middle of a disaster situation, but just provide some comfort to someone who's going through it. And you're able to provide just a little bit of comfort and help them figure out that situation in that moment. And that, I think it's really about just being present. For me, it's been figuring out how to be present and appreciate this moment where you are able to do something. You are able to help. You are able to situate this person. Even if it's just this one person in this one moment, you did that and you were Mm -hmm. able to help and they appreciated it. And we'll worry about the next minute in the next minute. But right now, I think it's just meant a lot to, for me to put into perspective what really is needed, what people really need and what they want, and how it is that someone can lose everything and still be appreciative of you because you're providing them something very basic. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very powerful. So, um, so far, has your work only been virtual? Have you been out? Maybe talk to me, talk to me a little bit about the work that you've done so far. So far, all of my work has been pretty much virtual for the time being. Uh, It just, for me, it's a lot easier considering my crazy schedule um, to multitask and hop on and be able to switch hats and do all of that. I will be going out into the field this weekend to assist because there are some gaps. So I'm Uh totally not against going into the field. It's something that I've been waiting to do. so I really can't wait for this weekend when I'm able to go out and really see for myself yeah. what it is to be in the field. But you've been interacting with with people, you know, in, on all your shifts who've been yes. impacted by disasters. Is there a, you know, is there one individual in particular in your short time, whether it's when during your training period or since you've become a full time responder that kind of sticks with you? I think that there was one gentleman that I spoke to that it really stuck with me just because he was an older gentleman. And he, just being on the phone with him and listening to him, it, it did, it pulled heartstrings that, you know, in the moment you feel like I can't, I can't, not right now, I'll deal with this. 
later on, like I was saying, but it, it was really difficult to hear that he was alone. He was elderly. He lost everything. Now he has nowhere to go. What is he going to do? How will he do this? And since he was a little older, it was a lot, there was a lot more that needed to be explained to him because he wasn't a savvy. There were certain things that we needed to let him know needed to be done. I've found that working through COVID, um, the elderly population tends to be more needy because they're not as tech savvy and everything needs to be done online now, especially because of the pandemic, everything, even applying for services, you can't apply for needed services unless you're able to do it online. And I mean, digital literacy or illiteracy rather is a serious issue. So Mm -hmm. just being able to be very patient, understand, no, and I could hear his frustration. I would be very frustrated if I were in his shoes too. So Mm -hmm. just, I understand, sir, just be I hear you. I understand. So let me walk you through this again. Let me explain. Just trying to find a different way to explain it to him so that he understood what he was getting, what he needed to follow up on, who he needed to follow up with, making sure that I let people know and wrote notes in so that they knew that this was someone who needed a little bit more assistance, understanding certain things. Um, What will your schedule look like as a disaster responder? As a disaster responder, Uh, Right now, while I'm in school, I do my overnight shifts. So I So you're going to be volunteering and and you've been volunteering in the middle of the night? Yep. Wow. That's incredible. We're the midnight crew. (laughs) (laughs) It's always the same people. It's always the same people. So I... I do definitely intend on continuing to do overnight shifts. I don't mind them at all. Those are the shifts that hardly anyone wants for some reason. That was the first one that I wanted. So (laughs) I will certainly be doing middle of the night shifts, running out. Where do you catch up on sleep when you're doing, when you take these shifts, you just, uh, you just catch it when you can? What I try to do, because the main concern for me is do I have enough time to do my schoolwork on top of everything? So when it's a little quiet on the shift, I'm doing schoolwork. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll hop off at six, maybe take like a three, four hour nap, get back up and keep doing schoolwork because I'm hopping on the 10 p.m. shift again. So I catch as much sleep as I can and I try to get as much done as I can throughout the day. What do you think you will bring to the Red Cross? Oh man, aside from my ability to speak the wonderful language of Spanish, (laughs) I think I will bring just myself, myself and my experiences and my work ethic, my kindness, my ability to not necessarily ability, just my need to help others. I'm here to help. I'm here to assist, whether it be staff, whether it be our clients, whoever it is, I'm here to help. I'm here to learn. I'm here to absorb like a sponge because we work with brilliant people. So let me learn everything I possibly can. And I'm here to offer you everything that I have, all of my knowledge, all of my jokes, all of my madness, (laughs) whatever it is that you need. I'm here for that. So we are about one year into the pandemic. What has been most challenging about these past 12 months for you? Oh, personally for me, just because in my day job, I work with kids. I think it the lack of connection that we have with our clients and those that we serve mm-hmm. is significant. It's not the same. It's in no way, shape or form. And we all, I think, even at the Red Cross with doing you know, virtual, 
uh, responses. You have to adapt at the end of the yeah. day. People are going to need services every single day. Unfortunately, disasters happen every day. There are health. It's we're in the midst of a larger disaster, which is COVID-19. Yeah. And then there are all the little ones in it. Yeah. So you have to adapt. But I, I do truly miss being with people and seeing their body language because there are just some things you can't get over the phone. There are certain things you can't yeah. get on a video call. That is truly what I miss the most, being able to really, truly assess from yeah. all angles how someone is doing, if they're okay, if they're just saying they're fine, but you're looking at them and you know they're not, It's that that's piece is missing. And I can't wait for everyone to be vaccinated yes. so that we can all get back together and make this happen. Have you found one thing since the pandemic that's made you really happy, maybe that you didn't um, know about prior? Baking. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been a baker because the science of it. I'm a cooker, which I'm like, ah, this tastes good. Let's throw a little more of this and that. Science doesn't work that way. <laughs> so I just got <laughs> so baking. into baking. Yeah. I didn't think that I would find the joy in that. But, oh, man, I just love baking and pickling. Who knew? Pickling as well. Everything awesome. that has to do with food. <laughs> <laughs> do you think any positives are going to come out of the pandemic? I do. I do think because what the pandemic has done is pretty much shined a put a full 500 times microscope on everything that needs to be fixed. <laughs> it's just showed all of the inequities. It showed all of the gaps in services, it forced organizations, companies, people to adapt and to spread a little kindness, I feel. At the end of the day, you're seeing all of this madness. You're seeing everything that's going on around us. And people are more inclined to be kind to others when there's a disaster situation. And we're all living in this disaster together. We're all going through this together. So it allows you to have empathy that you may not have had before because you're going through the same experience. No one likes being mm -hmm. stuck in their house for six months. This is New York. Like, I, I've never seen where you're waiting online, you allow people to cut in front of you. I've never seen that <laughs> until the pandemic. Anytime you, there was a first responder, anytime that there was someone who is in the medical community, anytime that there was someone elderly, everyone was say, you know, you can go in front of me, you can go in front of me, you can go in front, to the point where they were at the front of the line. And no one complained, not one person. I've never seen that in New York. We've also gotten to spend enough time apart that you really appreciate appreciate who it is that's around you. Yeah. I don't think I've missed my brother more and just appreciated him as a person since this pandemic started just because I don't have the option to see you like I would have before. Well, Vanessa, I, I want to thank you for, for joining the Red Cross. We're lucky to have you and for taking a few moments to talk to me today. No, of course. Thank you. And trust me, the pleasure and the opportunity and the privilege is all mine. I just... I am so happy and so grateful to be working with such an amazing organization. Thank you to Vanessa and to all our volunteers for their commitment to helping others. If you're interested in joining the Red Cross, visit redcross.org. This episode was produced and edited by me, Michael DeVolpierre, with the help of Chi Kong Lu. Thank you all for listening. Let's continue to look out for one another.